everyone, and welcome to season four, episode one of the Big <laughs> Podcast. I gave up on season three, it got too confusing. FPL was back, we're going into season four. Matt, how are you? This is not season four, I'm not having this. Absolutely not. You're, you're, you're killing me, I'm all right, I am not too bad. Uh, the World Cup's over, it's a bittersweet time, because overall I think it was an all right World Cup on the pitch. And the final amazing was great from like 75 minutes onwards. Um, it's like argument. prior to that, yeah, yeah, but prior to that, it was like, oh, this is just like, well, what a dance group of a final, but then it sort of really kicked into life, and it, yeah, it was fantastic after that. But uh, I still don't know if I'm ready for the Premier League to return. Um, I'm not, I'm, I'm, not. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm. Because it's kicking off on Boxing Day, and I, like you've still got Christmas to get through, and everything that entails, it's just a, it, it still feels a long way away. And I literally opened FPL for the first time about three hours ago. I opened it for the first time yesterday. Put a draft team together, and I already hate it. Um, I, I I feel like I need four weeks to just digest FPL for what it is. I, and I the thing is, in those four weeks, the fixtures come thick and fast. Oh, so thick, so fast. So the purpose of this podcast, it's an FPL podcast. We're going to break down the fixtures, the teams, the players, who you want, who you don't want, why you, you should not have Mo Salah. Ooh, I've definitely got Mo Salah. Um, <laughs> But we're going to go through all of the FBL questions that we have in the hopes that it will help some of you as well. So I think we start this by looking at the fixtures. Who do we like and not like as the season starts? I mean, the obvious picks for me are Manchester United. Well, actually, no, before we jump into the fixtures, let's look at the double game weeks ahead because FBL... As we know, we love double game weeks. They're great. And we had some announced uh, over the break. So we have in game week 19, Chelsea have a double game week of Man City and Fulham. Fulham have a double game week of Leicester and Chelsea. Then in game week 20, Man City have a double game week of Man U and Tottenham. And Spurs have a double game week of Arsenal and Man City. And then in game week 23, City have another double game week of Aston Villa and Arsenal. And Arsenal have a double game week of Brentford and Manchester City. As far as double game weeks, though, I'm not, I'm not too happy with any of them. They're probably the least inspiring double game weeks in, <laughs> in my memory anyway. None of them scream triple captain or anything like that, which probably means now is the time to do it because how many times have we been burnt by fantastic looking doubles for someone to get nothing or be subbed in one and get nothing in the other or get injured. It's just, I've been burnt too many times before. So, I mean, I'm sure there will be better opportunities later in the season, but I mean, there could be a cheeky triple captain in here somewhere that just goes off. I mean, if, if, if City, like like you say, they've got two double game weeks, neither of them are great, but Haaland can, like, say that Aston Villa and Arsenal double game week in 23, he could easily get three against Villa and one against Arsenal. I actually would prefer, if I was going to triple captain Haaland, I'd do it in 20. Man U away and Tottenham at home, both teams that can very much concede goals. 
I, th- I think Haaland lives for the big occasion. I think that's going to be an absolute slosh uh, of a thing. An absolute slosh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a word that was to throw out there. <laughs> I'm sick. I'm thinking about FPL again. Uh, I'm not in the best place for my vocabulary. It's because you um, haven't got hot chocolate. That's the problem. Exactly. When Julie comes home, I'm going to shout at her to make me hot chocolate while I go on. <laughs> hey, woman, where's my hot chocolate? <laughs> her last day of work today, and she's come home to me screaming at her. Um, regardless, though, there is one that's snuck under the radar, and that's game week 19, Fulham against Leicester and Chelsea. If you were if you're a big Fulham fan and you're ever going to captain a Fulham player or triple captain a Fulham player, it's Mitro against these guys, right? I mean, he, he's going to be my captain in this double game week. I mean, yeah, but at the same time, I think if you're triple captaining, like foot, captain's I mean, one, if you're triple captaining, you, you, should, you should probably see a doctor. You never know. You've seen it happen. <laughs> You've seen it happen. Um, uh, it'll I, happen now. I've said that. <laughs> I think, as far as teams go, the ones we want to be targeting are the ones with double game weeks. Yes, but also I think Man U have some really nice opening fixtures. West Ham, after that Arsenal game, have really really nice fixtures, and Liverpool and City both have some really nice fixtures. The problem with Manchester City in particular, and they're going to be the most owned team so let's talk about them first they have got a fixture every three days till basically the end of march assuming they stay in the fan league cup which they certainly will there's going to be a hell of a lot of rotation so cancello harland are you going with a third i mean my current draft has cancello harland and kdb which the ten- I am tempted to go for Salah instead of KDB, like you say, because the amount of fixtures there are and Salah is the f- as fresh as they come after not going to the World Cup. Yeah. So there's that in my thought. I'm even considering dropping Cancelo, to be honest with you. Um, he, I know it's, it's, it's a completely different kettle of fish, but he had a poor World Cup and was dropped from the Portugal side in the latter stages of the tournament. Um, and... It just, I feel like that money could be like, I would be tempted to go with Robertson instead of him because of that little bit extra. Robertson's fresh as well. Um, the the issue is obviously Pep Roulette is always a worry. Uh, and I know it should be less of a worry with Cancelo and KDB in particular because they're very rarely rotated out of that side. But it's a tricky one for me, um, and especially with a couple of tough fixtures in there. Uh, the doubles are very tempting. Uh, so it, it really is a balance act, and I've done a which way I'm going to fall at the moment. I think you're crazy for considering dropping Chancello. He's an absolute must-have in my team. He didn't get that many minutes for Portugal, which means he's going to be fresher. Um, yeah, his World Cup was a bit shit, but I don't think Portugal were that impressive overall. So it's like KDB had a shit World Cup. But he's still KDB. These players turn up for City, and I think the Kane... other thing for me as well is like players that like him, like Kane coming back, that have got something to prove now. Really, so I feel like they're going to be really going for it. Potentially, uh, Harry Kane's another conversation we can get to in a minute. But for City, for me, 
I've got Cancelo locks and I've got Haaland lock. They're not moving, they're in. Haaland's going to be my captain 90% of the time. The interesting point is, do I go for a third in KDB or do I look at Salah? There's also potentially an argument for the goalkeeper as well, Ederson, starting every game, or even Carl Walker perhaps in that right-back slot. Although you're paying five million for a ceiling of six points. I'm not totally convinced by it, but I think there is logic there. I, I don't know about like Edison is a tricky one for me because he's obviously very expensive. And when you've got the likes of the hero that is Danny Ward, um, who really started to find his feet for Leicester before the World Cup break, do you really? I just don't think you need a top tier goalkeeper in that, like when it comes to price. Yeah. You've also got like Kepper at 4.5 at Chelsea, who potentially will be starting again. And they've got some good fixtures and doubles and a double in there as well. So, there's always that one. Yeah, I agree. Um, what I'd like to do as part of this podcast, let's go through position by position. Look at the players we have and the players we think are really good options. Because we both put some drafts together. But let's see what we've got so far. And let's look at every position and see who the available options are that you should be looking at. Goalkeepers, you mentioned two there, and they're actually the two I have in my team at the moment. So all year we've been banging on about Nick Pope. He's been awesome. He's been great. But Ward is showing form at 4.0, and Kepper rotates really nicely with him at 4.5. So they're my two goalkeepers in my squad at the moment. They're the ones I'm going to be going for. I understand if you want Ederson, there's argument for it. I understand if you want Pope, there's argument for it. But I just think I'd rather spend that money elsewhere. And I don't want to be doubled up on Newcastle defence. What's your take on goalkeepers at the moment? Anyone else you consider? The uh, So Ward is in there for me. The only thing I've done at the moment is I've just chucked in one of the cheapest keepers possible because Ward is, in his current form, basically set and forget. And I feel a little bit dirty. I feel a bit like I'm doing the dirty on my boy Nick Pope because we have been singing his praises all season. Uh, there was those couple of games just before the World Cup where they threw away clean sheets late on. Um, thankfully, after Trippier had already been subbed. Um, so at least we got one clean sheet locked in for Newcastle. But yeah, like you, I think doubling up on their defence. They've got a couple of tricky fixtures coming out the gate. Um, a Leicester side that um, are a little bit more dangerous than they were. Well, obviously, it's really hard to say because this is unprecedented us having this long of a break in the middle of the season. But towards the end of before the break they were finding their feet a little bit more and playing a little bit better so my actual second keeper at the moment is Robin Olsen at Villa um, at 3.9 just because he's are you all set and forget yeah um, actually I've got a feeling Robin Olsen will be playing on Boxing Day because I don't think Emmy Martinez will be back um, or sober (laughs) that's very true I've got a sneaky suspicion he might be celebrating in Argentina Um, is there value or is there an argument for a premium keeper? I've mentioned Ederson, but Allison as well, the third highest scoring goalkeeper so far at 5.5, still cheap for a premium keeper considering we've seen him at 6.5 before. Is is there value in doing that? I think there always is potential value. It's just what, how you want to build your squad. Like They are good value, but I don't think you get enough value for the extra money to really warrant it because... Like, like you say, he's the third top-scoring goalkeeper at 5.5. Uh, everyone around him is cheaper. So Pope's top scorer, 5.3. Henderson next at 4.7. Uh, and most of that has been penalty saves, to be fair. Uh, but then below him, Raya and Saar, who are both like 
between half and a, a full mil cheaper than him. So I don't see why when you can get much better value for money elsewhere. Yeah, I think that's fair. I agree with that. Um, as far as goalkeepers go, for me, it's really easy. I'm going Kepa and Ward. You, you're going for a Ward on a cheapo, but I think the staple in every team is going to be Danny Ward. Yeah, I mean, because even when he's not keeping clean sheets, which they did start to do a little bit more towards the end, um, I, I don't know what to call it, the end of the first half of the season? Yeah, or? yeah the, coming up to the break. Yeah, so um, he, he gets save points because they give they were giving away quite a lot of shots still, um, and you'd imagine that in his first few like first two games back, they they're, they're going to be under the cost a bit with Newcastle and Liverpool, but you'd imagine they'll be picking up some save points in there at least, and then he's got a couple of good fixtures following that. So I just think at four million, it's it's a no brainer. Yeah, I completely agree, and I think Danny Ward has proven to be a very good asset. Surprisingly, after the start that Leicester had. Let's move on then to defenders because there's loads to choose from and I've really struggled here. Um, the one, the two, sorry, that are unmovable for me are Cancelo and Trippier. Trippier, top scoring defender so far by miles. What a season he's having. And Cancelo. He's just Cancelo, man. He He's going to get a couple of 18 points and when you miss out, you're going to be really, really wound up. Um, there's so many other good options, though. So at the moment, in my draft, I've got Dallow, Reese James and Ben White. And we can go into all of them in a minute, but who have you got? Yeah, so like you, I've got Trippier and Cancelo as it stands. I think, like yeah, like you say, Trippier is... The season he's been having has been unreal. Um, and the fact that he's come straight in to this Newcastle side and taken them to another level, it's, it's just been incredibly impressive. Uh, the one name I'm surprised you didn't mention was... Da, 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 da. He's just been at the World Cup. His team's lost a World Cup final. I'm not interested. Didn't play a minute though, did it? He did play in one of the games. Oh, in the third group game, yeah. So, but I think he'll come back fresh. He's five point three. If you're going to spend some national defender, you go Ben White, surely. Potentially, there is there is an argument to be had there, but Ben White doesn't have a catchy song about him, so. There's That's that. You've true. got to really think about that. That's true. Um, I mean, Ben White isn't that far behind in points either. The problem with Arsenal, though, is Gabriel Jesus confirmed out for three months now. Does that really affect the way they play in terms of the way they defend from the front? Yeah, yes, that is my worry as well, to be honest with you. Um, I'm assuming Eddie and Ketia will come in uh, and take that starting position unless they decide to, I don't know, stick someone like Martinelli as, as more of the number nine, but I can't see that happening. It can, It's a slight worry, but I think they've still built a solid defence this season, which um, no one really thought of when it comes to Arsenal in the last sort of well, years, really, to be honest with you. So I think whoever you go with, they're probably going to be all right. I don't think the system will change too much. They'll still have the, the same formation. It's just a different body up front. And yes, Jesus is good at pressing from the front, but I think Nketiah can come okay. in and do a similar job. Whether he can do it to quite the same level is a different different question. But like I say, they're good defensively now. And it's been a long while since you've been able to say that about Arsenal. So I think a, an Arsenal defender is probably a must-have. 
Yeah, I agree. And I think Ben White's the obvious choice for me. Um, tough fixtures, though, to start the season. If you look at their opening fixtures, West Ham at home, I'd argue, probably not as easy as it's made out on paper. Then Brighton away, Newcastle, Tottenham away, Man U. Really, really tough run for Arsenal, especially without Gabriel Jesus. Yeah, it certainly is. It's it's not going to be easy. I think, I've... and like we keep saying, it's so hard to know how teams are going to come back out after this break. Yeah. I know they've had some, like everyone's had some friendlies over the last couple of weeks, but that means nothing really, does it? Yeah, I mean, it means nothing except if you're a Liverpool fan, and we'll get to that as we talk about the forwards and midfielders. I feel really guilty not having Trent or Robertson in my team at the moment. You feel a little bit dirty, do you? Yeah, it doesn't feel right. Yeah, well, I've got um, two defenders that are definitely better than Trent and Robbo as my fourth and fifth ones. Um, I've got another bargain basement pick of oh. uh, Bueno from Wolves at 3.9. And then uh, Tyrant Mitchell is my fourth defender. Uh, a couple of good fixtures at the start with Fulham and Bournemouth. And again, if I, I feel like if I've got strength elsewhere i don't need like three good defenders an all right defender and a bargain pick is more than enough for me whereas i feel like my issue from the first half of this season was trying to have two well of a rounded squad which meant i was sacrificing points some in some places and bench picks were constantly ruining me i'm going to absolutely slate you here because you've got this totally wrong and you need to be called out on it so fixtures are coming thick and fast players are going to be rested. There's Pep Roulet. You're looking at having three City players. Now is the time to have a strong bench because it will all be needed and all be used. That's number one. Number two, with the really with Tarek Mitchell, he is often subbed off around 55 minutes if he starts because he does not start every game. As a Palace defender, really bad. As a player of that price bracket. Really not the best you can go for. Ben White's 4.7. Diego Dallo is 4.8. Sven Botman from Newcastle is 4.4. There are much, much better options in that price bracket. I think if you go with Mitchell, you're shooting yourself in the foot really early doors. I can't wait for him to haul in these first two games and I can just clip that bit and play it back to you. That seems likely, doesn't it? I think strategically, though, you're going the wrong way around. I think at the start of the season, what you're doing, correct play, because people are going to be playing their first 11. Teams are going to play their first 11 almost every week. Now, very much not the case. Games every two or three days for most of these big clubs in particular. The good thing is like the pillars that I have picked are playing. So... Everyone, for example, other than Olsen, because forget about him, but all 11, sorry, all 15 of my players are players that play. Um, Even Bueno, I know Wolves had their defensive injuries towards the uh, back half of that first half of the season, which is why he got game time. But regardless, I've all all gone for players that get minutes regardless. So it's not as though I'm going to be coming in with blanks. Yeah, I mean, I was also looking at the fixtures. You, you can probably talk to this more than I can. What about Creswell as an option? Uh, I just have very little confidence in West Ham at the moment. And that stems from our performances um, at the back half, like, towards the last few weeks um, before the break. 
and our fixtures aren't that great at the moment. I feel like we have had injury problems. I, I don't know. I just can't back us at the moment. Our fixtures look all right, like you say, after the Arsenal game. But I'm going to wait and see how we play in the first couple of games back. But we are, and let's let's be honest, we're struggling in terms of league position, in terms of results. And if we don't get some points in these first few games, it, you're going to be looking at potential managerial change as well. So, yeah, that's a scary thought, isn't it? Um, I don't know. I think that I think Creswell two percent owns real potential differential. Zuma as well potentially. I mean, I'm clutching at straws here, but I don't hate it as an option. No, I think if you're going West End defence, I think Cresswell's the way to go. He gets a lot of set pieces and things like that. And we do have a fairly good record from set pieces. So uh, I feel like he's the way to go if you are gonna if you want to look into that West End defence. Okay. Another option to go for in defence is I'm going to pivot now to Chelsea because they've got a double. I have Reese James at the moment. I also think there's value in having Kukurea because Chilwell was out injured again for the millionth time. Either one is good. I think James is just that bit better. Um, are you going with James at the moment? Are you steering away because he's a one or two or an eighteen? Like, what, what's your perspective on Reese James? I I love Reese James. Don't get me wrong, I but I just so feel like I've been, yeah, like you say, he's one two or a haul, and it's really hard to justify that at the moment. And with his injury record and just coming back from another injury into a busy period of festive football I just feel like he's another injury waiting to happen so I hope I'm wrong because I think he's a great player and it will be good to see him come back uh, and perform but it's just it's hard to invest that much money in him Chelsea made a point of having him in every single training photo and training video and having him front and centre like he's clearly the one they're focusing on so it does look like he's fully back I are we starting up with Rhys James I mean fuck Good luck, Thomas Madden. Um, but yeah, I'm going to start out with Reese James uh, and hope that there's one or two halls before he gets injured and then I'll move him on to Kukurana. That's probably not a bad chair. I think Chilwell's the one if he's fit. I think he's fantastic. But again, you've got that ro- risk of rotation with him and Kukurea um, yeah. because obviously Potter is a big fan of uh, Kukurea from their time at Brighton. So it's it's hard to know who's going to get that starting berth. And you've also got Aspilicueta in there to throw into the mix. I mean, Chelsea's opening fixtures, Bournemouth at home, Forest away, and then the double. You couldn't really, if you're going to invest in Chelsea, now is the time to do so. And I think the only place you can really invest is in the goalkeeper and Kepa and at the back in one of either Restraints or Kukurea. Because you don't really want them after that. Because 21, they've got Liverpool. 22, Fulham, hard game. 23, they're away to West Ham. You're telling me you're not getting Kai Havertz in your team? I am absolutely no way. Kai Havertz, Aubameyang, Sterling. These are players we do not want in fantasy tip football. Absolutely no chance. Mateo Kovacic. Oh, leave. Um, so <laughs> I, when it comes to defenders, Chelsea are worth looking at again. They've not been great defensively this year, but Reese James is good enough to justify it, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think he's always worth a punt. Oh. I am, I, when I was looking at my team, I was sorely tempted to try and fit him in. But yeah. like I say, I just can't quite bring myself to do it. But there's still a few days left of panic transfers. So <laughs> we've got that to look forward to. That's going to be fun. Let's look at midfielders then, because 
again, a really, really congested and difficult area. There are some that just pick themselves. I say that. There is one that picks himself. Andreas Pereira. Wrong. Five, best in the game. Um, now, I know Almiron is the top scorer midfielder. I've got him in the team. I don't think he picks himself. I think he went on a hot streak and did really well. Can he continue that hot streak? Maybe, maybe not. I love him as a player. I hope he can. And I've got him in, in the hopes that he can. But I don't think he's essential. I think Andreas Pereira is essential. Wrong. Who are you thinking, Ben? Oh, Miguel Almond. He's the one. If you <laughs> haven't got him, then what are you doing with yourself? 5.6 yeah. mil. Top scoring midfielder in the game. 5.8. Yeah, that is... Uh, oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm looking at my side. So, yeah. Sorry. I got him in at 5.6. Um, so yeah, like 5.8 now, but if you haven't got him in at that price, oh, yeah, bear in mind he is outscoring every other midfielder in the game, he is essential. Like, you cannot get more essential than that. Yes, Andres Pereira has done very well and at a very low price, but Almiron is the one. I mean, I've got both, so I'm not really going to argue with you. I guess looking. I've had Martinelli since day one. I love Martinelli. With Gabriel Jesus going, I'm wondering how does that affect the Arsenal attack? And also, Martinelli is on the same amount of points as Martin Odegaard. I was going to say this. I was going to say this. Is there yeah, a good little streak to be just had. before the break? Um, so, I mean, I told you from day one, Odegaard, what a player. Is there a debate to be had? Because Odegaard's played less games. Are we all missing what's right in front of us, what the data is telling us here? Because Odegaard, I think he's on five goals for the season for the, so far. When he pops up, he does pop up. He gets goals in twos or threes. Now, is Arsenal going to change going forward? Therefore, Odegaard's going to sit back more? We don't know. I actually think Martinelli could play in the false nine instead of Nketiah, potentially. So I'm probably leaning Martinelli, but I think there's a conversation to be had there. Yeah, I completely agree. I think, as I've said, Edgar's a great player. He had a little hot streak just before uh, the World Cup. He got 10 and 16 into the last three weeks. So there's definitely an argument to be had, and he is slightly cheaper. So you can have that little bit of extra money in the bank. Uh, I personally think for this little period as we start go more obvious and I think Martinelli is more obvious so uh, because I think if you do go for Odegaard over him and it doesn't pay off you're going to feel like a bit of an idiot and you've you've taken an unnecessary gamble but I will be keeping an eye on him for sure there is definitely potential there yeah I agree now with midfields is it Mo Salah or no Salah? Now, you're a big proponent of no Salah. You have been all year. Hasn't done you very well. But talk to me about what your thoughts are at the moment. I don't know anymore. I just don't know. Uh, I feel like I'm probably going to end up with him in because the fixtures are good. He's rested. Um, I just, I just feel like it's funnier to not have him in because I've been so stubborn about him all season. I've barely had him in, and when I did, he's barely done anything. But then... Uh, I feel like at this point I'm doing it for the bit. But then, 
if you've not got Salah, I, I hate saying this, is Darwin Nunez enough to cover not having Salah? Probably not. not having Darwin Nunez. I feel like, and we've said this, you particularly said this, Luis Diaz is such a big miss for you guys. Um, and obviously he's going to be out for the foreseeable now. So is it for you... a few weeks as well? Yeah. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think you'll start well. Villa is probably a good fixture to have early on. Obviously, Emery's come in and sort of had a mixed bag to start his first couple of games before the World Cup. But they probably won't have Martinez for this first game, which does leave them with Robin Olsen, which means that's potential for for a bit of a, a big high-scoring game. But, I mean, your recent track record against Villa isn't the best when they uh, beat you 7-3 or whatever it was. 7-2, sorry. I, I'm going Salah and Darwin. Um, my thinking is in midfield, it's Salah or KDB. Now, I will probably move over to KDB for the double game week, and um, which is in 20, then hold KDB through till the double game week in 23. Then I'll go back to Salah, most likely. But at the moment, I I know KDB has more points in the season so far, but if you ask me who's going to end on more, I think it's definitely going to be Salah, which is why I'm going for him. You're probably right. Uh, it's, I think, I mean, this is really big, but you could potentially make an argument for going neither and spreading out the money in them sort of more mid-range. If, if you had like Luis Diaz, for example, who was fit, like I think you could say you could go Diaz, Foden and a couple of others in that sort of price range. Um, potentially Saka went with these back... Um, uh, because I think he's had a good World Cup and that could give him some confidence coming back into the league. Uh, and then I think... Let the country one day, down years ago. I'm not having it. Saka is a failure as far as England are concerned, just like Sterling, but not Harry Kane. Um, but then I think the main one that we both will probably have looking at these first few fixtures back is Marcus Rashford. Yes. And I think that... Those first three fixtures for United and Rashford again coming back after a pretty decent World Cup. Uh, I think he could be one to watch for these first few weeks. No Ronaldo as well. I've got Rashford and Dallow. No Salah and KDB is interesting because no Ronaldo. Is it Bruno time again? It potentially could be. I feel like we saw, we've seen it with United, we saw it with Portugal as well in the World Cup. He just has more freedom and plays better when Ronaldo isn't there. So, I mean, I know when Ronaldo wasn't playing much uh, in the last few weeks anyway, but I just feel like it could be, yeah, he is definitely one to keep an eye on in these first few weeks because prior to Ronaldo coming back to United uh, at the start of last season, Bruno was scoring points for fun. So there's no reason to believe that that won't happen again. I totally agree. Another question I want to throw to you, and I want to get your opinion on it. I love Andreas Pereira. If you absolutely, for some weird reason, do not want Andreas Pereira, is there value in Somerville as an alternative budget midfielder at 4.4 for Leeds? Because he's had a good couple of games towards the end, and he'll definitely be starting for Jesse, Jesse Marsh's side. 
definitely an argument for it. He had a great little run, scored a couple of goals, including one, uh, was it the winner at Anfield? It was. Yeah. Oh, so no, it, I, I can't remember. Yeah, he, he is definitely an argument. Uh, like you say, he's almost guaranteed to be starting now in uh, in these first few games back. So he, I don't know, I think Andreas Pereira is still the better pick. But if you were feeling fruity or you wanted another cheaper one to enable you to go for those uh, premiums, why not? He's, yeah, the, right. he's the second best choice in that price range easily. Oh, oh no, Leon Bailey for Aston Villa. two more players in midfield I think are worth mentioning one who's never mentioned in FPL conversations who needs to be more is James Madison because I'm probably his biggest fan much more so than that absolute loser Danny Reiki despite watching him since Southend or whatever he said but (laughs) James Madison I think is worth a conversation because although he's 8.2, 77 points on the season, tied with Odegaard and Martinelli, I think could really be worth a go. And same with Rodrigo for Leeds, actually. It wasn't actually the other one. The third player, then, that I think is also an option in that bracket, is your favourite. You mentioned Crystal Palace have two good fixtures. Who would be better to get than Wolf Saha from Crystal Palace? Why do you have to do this to me? All the time. Please get Zaha on your team, because then he won't score. I'm not doing it. He <laughs> won't score, so I'm not doing it. Uh, yeah, I mean, as I always say with Wilf Zaha, especially when Palace have good fixtures, he's always worth considering. I can't do it. I'm not doing it ever again. What? Can I, can I attempt you with one other player, then, in that price range? Yeah. A player who we both love, Dejan Kulusevski. Is he being completely overlooked? He's 8 million, which is a lot. But we know from last season he's really good. We know from the start of this season he's really good. Richarlison's out for months now because he's apparently injured. Kulusevski has that spot. Spurs, if they get the wing-backs going, can look really good. I, I, I don't really like it because I don't like Spurs at the moment on the basis of half their team are out for that first game. But I think Kulusevski is still a wonderful footballer and returns in the two before the World Cup. Is is there a potential gem there that we're all missing? Potentially, definitely for me. He's one that I looked at when I was putting this team together. Like you say, the Spurs squad at the moment is hard to judge uh, exactly how they're going to come back. But like you say, those two games before the World Cup came back into the side and looked very good. I'd imagine like the other attacking players will still have. So, yes, they're missing Richardson. So, that obviously makes that spot available. And Kane and Son will probably still be coming straight back in. I'd imagine basically anyone that went out in the quarterfinals or earlier will be playing in this first game. I wouldn't be looking at anyone that played in the semis because they had third, fourth place playoff as well. So, I, I would ignore them. But quarterfinals are early, you've got a good shot. So I think Kane plays, I think Son plays. They think they've got their, their major attacking outlets. Uh, obviously, they'll still have Benton core. Uh, no, suspended for the first game. Oh, excellent. That's good news. Um, so ignore that. Um, but I think, in general, they may not have Lloris. Um, 
They so, definitely but, won't. They also won't have Romero, who is a huge in that transition from the back into the forward line. Yeah, so I think attackingly they're worth looking at, but maybe not defensively. So 100% um, Kudasevsky is one to keep an eye on. Um, and speaking of the, the sort of England connection as well, in that price bracket as well, obviously you've got Phil Foden, who I did have in that period before the World Cup when he just decided to not play at all. Thanks, Pep. <laughs> but if he picks up that form that he had prior to that period when he was just picking up assists for fun, um, there's no reason not to go for him as well with those the good City fixtures. It obviously just depends if you have the three City players and what you want to do with them. And we've got finally got someone on this pod that's going to talk some sense. Yeah, Benny the Puppy has joined us on the podcast. What do you think, Benny? Matt's an idiot. Matt hates football. Matt doesn't know anything. Good insight. Well done. Anyway, sorry, that, that was very rude of Benny, I know, but that was him, not me. Uh, yeah, fair enough. He, he knows what he's talking about as well. Yeah, very much so. Um, I'm just getting his coat off. He's running around like a, like a silly little man. So, <laughs> now we've done midfielders, let's move to the forward lines. <sighs> can I can I start with this one? I wish we could have five strikers. Can I can I pick my pick first? Is it going to be Ivan Tony? It's Ivan Tony. Yes. So for the listeners, why don't you talk them through the Ivan Tony situation? Uh, yeah. So just before we're recording this uh, on what day is it? Tuesday it is Tuesday, isn't it? On Tuesday evening, uh, it's just been announced that Ivan Tony has been charged with a further 30 alleged breaches of FA betting rules to go with the charges that he had uh, just before the World Cup. So he is going to get a decent ban, I would imagine. Nothing's been announced yet, but uh, yeah, get him out of your teams, which makes Brentford a lot less appealing of a prospect in general as well. Yeah, he does so much for that team. And he's really let the whole club down. I know we say that all the time, you've let your club down, etc. but he genuinely has. Um, although in forward lines, there is so much there that I want. Kane is going to come back with a vengeance. Haaland is the best player to wear in the game and going to be your captain 99% of the yeah, time. Yeah, but what's Haaland done lately? Like, really, what's he done recently in the last few weeks? Nothing. Rubbish. Drop him. Didn't you see Norway in the World Cup? They were magnificent. <laughs> um, yeah, Haaland is a must-have and your automatic captaincy go-to most weeks. Alexander Mitrovic for the double is going to be my captain. So he's a lock for me as well. So it's only really one spot left. Now, I've spread the funds around and gone Darwin instead of Kane, which terrifies me. But I think there is a logic to it. What's your perspective on the forward line at the moment? I'm, it's so difficult. So you say there's so many options. At the moment, my three are Kane, Mitrovic and Haaland. But like you, I'm very tempted to go Darwin instead of Kane. He just had a. He didn't have a great like Uruguay were poor at the World Cup, but he wasn't utilised like playing alongside Suarez, who's about sixty four years old at this point and shouldn't be starting in a World Cup game. Liverpool um, just played a friendly against AC Milan. Darwin got two. Salah got one. And Darwin missed a penalty. And Darwin missed a penalty. Yeah, the worst penalty you've ever seen potentially. So funny. Um, a couple of goals as well. He's fine, and he's going to spring right back into action. And then you've obviously got. Uh, Callum Wilson, who had that insane run of form before the World Cup as well, who's obviously Wilson. worth mentioning. Callum, the truth, Wilson. Yeah. Um, and then, 
I had him just before the World Cup. Let's not talk about that. Um, <laughs> what about Bobby Firmino, Tom? Oh, no, 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 no. The problem is he's going to be playing more as an attacking midfielder. Now that Darwin is going to be playing every game, Firmino is going to play further back. And he's much better in that creative position than that forward position. Um, but what it means is he's not going to get FPL returns. So he's a no-go. What about Ollie Watkins? I just the thing with me for Villa at the moment is those first two fixtures back are Liverpool and Spurs. So I wouldn't be looking at them now. Maybe Sorry, not Ollie Watkins, Danny Welbeck. Ah, Danny Welbeck, yeah. Um <laughs> yeah. He, had, he had a good run just before um well it's few weeks just before the World Cup, but like sort of maybe five or six weeks before the World Cup. And obviously, Brighton had a bit of a weird transition under the new manager where things have been a little bit more inconsistent than usual. Um, I don't hate it. Um, they've got a couple of good fixtures, but again, they've got a couple of tough fixtures in there as well. Um, but Southampton, to start with, is quite a tasty fixture, I'd say, because Southampton look a little bit bereft and have done for a little while. And House and Hootle's obviously gone now. So it's... It, you don't really know what you're going to get with new management under Southampton as well. Yeah. I want to throw out another name that has gone, or two more names. The first is someone you've mentioned already, and that's Nketiah. Because if he starts for Arsenal, could could be... A, I mean, I say great value for money. He's about 6.7 at the moment. So I, I just don't think you can justify going near him. But the other name is Anthony Martial, who without Ronaldo will probably be playing in that striker spot. Now... I think there are much worse picks at the moment. There definitely is. It's going to, I'm not sure exactly how they're going to line up. It'll be one of Anthony, uh, uh, Martial and Rashford up front and probably the other one on a wing. Uh, but either way, I think they're both good options. Um, I'm assuming you'll have Fernandez in the 10, Anthony on one wing, and then these two on the other wing slash up front. So it's hard to know exactly which way they're going to line up. But yeah, you'd imagine he'll get a starting role. And with those fixtures that they've got, at the start, the, the, my problem is until you know what they're going to be lining up with, there's better striking options out there. Uh, I know he's yeah. very cheap at 6.7, and that is, that is very cheap um, potentially for a starting striker in a team that have looked a little bit better prior to, to the break. And now I don't have the burden of Ronaldo slagging him off on social media into Piers Morgan. Yeah. Oh, that, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Um, it's a shame that Isaac for Newcastle is still injured because we both were really excited about owning him. But at the moment, because the double's coming up, Mitro and Haaland are the locks for me. It's just a Darwin or Kane in that last spot. Either way, I'm going to be starting three strikers every week. Two more banter names that I can't even call them anything else. Emmanuel Denis and Kalichi Ian, Ian Nacho. Who would you rather have in your team? Oh, if I had to pick one of them? Yes. Um, oh. There's only one right Emmanuel answer. De- Emmanuel Denny. Wrong. It's Colombian <laughs> Nacho. Um, the other one for me to watch out for is, and I've said it over and over again, if West Ham can find some form in these fixtures. You won't know. Um, West Ham. Yeah, I know. Uh, Skamaka, if he can find form, I know he picked up an injury uh, against Fulham. West Ham old boy Issa Diop flying into him in a friendly uh, to, to injure him enough to come off. But by all accounts, it's not particularly serious. Uh, and those, I mean, it's just 
it's hard to overlook those fixtures. Brentford, Leeds, Wolves and Everton yeah. after the Arsenal game. They are good fixtures. The pro- Is there... Oh, I hate myself for saying this. After the Arsenal game, if he looks good, Jared Bowen? Yeah, I mean... I love Jared Bowen. He's struggled so far this season. He did pick up a goal in that um, friendly I mentioned against Fulham. He's one that if he can find some form, like the form that he had of like last season, for example, uh, he's still a great shout, but he is just a little bit too expensive, really, isn't he? He's in that sort of just below the premium price bracket, uh, and there's probably better options in, for the same money. Yeah, you can get James Madison for the same money, who's, I think, a much better option at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think that's all of the relevant options. We're not going near uh, Che Adams or Danny Ings kind of player, are we? Um, but I think as, as strikers, we're spoiled for choice. Considering last year and the year before, it was very much not the seasons of strikers. So this year, we are spoiled. I'm still a bit upset I can't fit Trent or Robertson in. It feels a bit dirty. But that aside, I'm quite happy with my bus team and how it's set up at the moment. Yeah, I'm definitely not happy with mine at the moment, but I'm going to do a lot of tinkering over the next few days. I think I'm going to lock something in later this evening, um, but it's not going to, it probably won't look anything like the team that I actually go out with uh, come Boxing Day. Yeah, I mean, it's all a bit, (sighs) yeah. Um, Guys, thank you for tuning in for us today. We can't wait to get back into FPL. We do have a league at the moment, and... Trust me, you can come into our league at, from from fresh and still win it. So the code is O W Y G H A. I'll say it again. That's O W Y G H A. To join us at the Big at the Back Podcast League, you can find us on Twitter at Big at the Back. Yep, and you can find me on Twitter at Higgins ninety two. Tom is at Tom Madden 92 So come and get involved with the conversation. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to like, subscribe. Uh, it really would help us out. If you're, uh, if you, you can find us on all your regular podcast platforms as well, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And in the meantime, I hope you all have a great Christmas. Um, we will be back between Christmas and New Year. We probably won't be getting a game week uh, like pod out every game week because obviously they're coming too quick at the moment um, but we'll be getting as much content out as we can uh, over the festive period yeah honestly the fixture congestion is quite nasty so pay attention to FPL I know it's going to be difficult but try and pay attention to it because game weeks do turn around in 12 hours otherwise so guys have a wonderful Christmas and we can't wait to get back to you after the first round of fixtures <laughs>